Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. And today we're gonna to be looking at how to build a successful brand. And our guest today is an investor, a podcaster, an author, and a speaker. She's done so many projects using her background in finance to become incredibly successful within property. Uh, Nicole Bremner, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Robert, for having me. For those that might not know who you are or, or your background, can you just go into that first and then we'll, we'll, we'll start touching upon building a brand? Sure, very, very quickly, obviously. I had a background in banking, started in around uh, 96, 97 in banking in Australia, moved to the UK in 2000, continued on there, then moved to New York in uh, 2007 and eight. Had my first baby over there, went back to work at Goldman very briefly, started work the day that the Lehman Brothers collapsed and the whole market fell apart and thought, I'm not going to get another job over here, not being pregnant with number two. And so my partner and I um, moved back to back to London. And it was at that point in time where I started thinking, okay, I've got two babies now within 16 months of each other and soon had another one on the way. And I thought, I have to find something that I can do. And I'd renovated a flat in Clerkenwell after we'd come back from uh, New York. And I, and this flat had made more money than I had in banking. It was phenomenal, the property increases at that time. So really did that, really enjoyed it. And then did a house. And it was my partner who said to me, you know, you're you're good at this why, and you've enjoyed it and you've got a great build team. Now, why don't you think about property full time? And at, at the time, I knew nothing about property at all. I didn't even realize what could be done and what was possible. All I knew that I'd done two plus a flat in Austria and, and really loved the process. So I just started looking into how to do it and learn on the job, really bought another property. And what I was doing at the time was buying HMOs and which I didn't even know were called HMOs. I thought they were called bedsits and converting those into luxury family homes that I would want to live in. And they were all around the Hackney and Islington area. So I did a number of those. And then uh, in 2013, teamed up with a larger developer and started doing larger projects. And now we've, we're just finishing up, haven't bought anything since 2017. We're just finishing off the last hundred and six uh, units i think and uh selling those on at the moment or looking at exits that's awesome um you say you haven't bought anything since 2017 so uh, is that just to sort of tone it down is it in reaction to markets or is that sort of a change of direction in your life moving forwards all three actually and i'll touch on all of those because um you've you've picked three very important points Change in market, first of all, we've had the stamp duty changes. We've had the, uh, I've gotten section something changes to tax on landlords and we've had uh, the Brexit. Now adding to that also we've had COVID, which obviously hadn't factored into things before. So these three things prior to COVID created this perfect uh, storm for property and, and created so much pricing pressure. And even recently I've had some properties valued and they're, they're lower, if not, yeah, they're lower actually than their 2017 levels around the Hackney area. And it, it's very hard to find the bargains that you could. And I was very lucky back in 2000 and, yeah, 2009 onwards because I was really able to jump on a wave and just capture that wave of Hackney as it, as it rode up. And there was no 
huge skill in my timing. It was pure luck. Um, the skill that I brought was was making beautiful homes that um, were attractive and people wanted to buy. Um, so that was the first thing, market conditions. Secondly was we bought far too much um, too quickly and all at once. And it was never intended to be like that. What was supposed to happen is that we bought a couple, finished one and then rolled over. And unfortunately, planning issues, financing issues, construction issues, as well as a whole host of other issues conspired against us. And everything ended up coming at once, uh, like London buses. So it wasn't... Um, yeah, it wasn't a great experience and we really did take on too much. And then personal personal challenges as well. Went through divorce, uh, moved to uh, from London to Kent and had a really good think about my definition of success and what I wanted to achieve from life. And I think that prior to now, my, my only definition of success was earn a lot of money and that will then prove to myself really that I'm, I'm successful and that I've achieved a lot. And what I, what I discovered after going through this, this personal and professional turmoil is that there is more to success. And for me, uh, success is more about living the life that you really want to live. And uh, probably like yourself, it's about being more nomadic and not having ties, having more minimal lifestyle and, yeah, just being a little bit freer to to live the life that I want to live. And so my long-term goals are to to go sailing around the world and just explore and hopefully be able to give back in various ways that we're looking at right now. And so it's about, okay, being on site constantly doesn't fit into that. What does? So for me, it's more around advisory board and non-executive roles and consulting type roles and just working on my podcasting and books. And so that's really where the focus has been over the last um, few months. <laughs> yeah, singing from the same hymn sheet, I suppose, obviously you've got a podcast, a rebound from setback or hashtag rebound from setback. So go check that out on iTunes. So you've got that, which is really successful. You've also the author of uh, Bricking It from Stay at Home Mum to Millions in Property. So you've over time, that is your way, and we're very similar. We've got the Property Nomads podcast, uh, you know, 101 Top Property Tips, Buy to Let How to Get Started, you know, numerous things, and that's sort of a different way to give back rather than, oh, I've got X amount of properties, look at me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, exactly, and I think that you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. I don't sell anything. I don't sell courses. I don't sell mentoring. The consulting that I do is for large corporates, FTSE 100 corporate so uh no one that follows on me on instagram really will um is in that category i don't think uh so i've got nothing to sell the reason that i do these sorts of things is because i i really do enjoy uh, hopefully imparting some knowledge or at least experience that i've gleaned along the way and it's been it's not been a linear journey by any means it's very much up and down and i do think i've been through the mill, which means that I'm better placed to hopefully share those experiences, the negative as well as the positive, and 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 not um, and other people then to not do what I've done with some of the mistakes I've made. So, yeah, it's um, it is about imparting knowledge, and and yeah, you're right, we're very aligned in that way, and and our, our enjoyment of of giving back in that way. Uh, brings us nicely on to building a brand where you know and people go about property in different ways some people will do everything behind the scenes and 
do X, Y, and Z. Some people will be very you know, visual and vocal using social media platforms. Was building a brand something that you had planned on doing or, as you say, has it just come about from enjoyment and just wanting to share as much as possible with other people? Yeah, it's interesting that you say some people do it behind the scenes and there's some days that, my goodness, I wish I did it all behind the scenes and was very quiet about what I did because it would make life a lot easier. It's very hard to have a thick skin on social media and we can probably come on to that later. But uh, I, I guess ultimately I'm a bit of a performer and I enjoy the, and this is Jamil Qureshi said this out loud and he said during a podcast and during many discussions, he said, I love the buzz of getting up on stage and and performing. And for me, I do too. I love nothing more. And I, I can't believe this, given where I was just a few years ago. I love being in front of people and speaking. And I guess it's a performance thing. So I get a buzz from it. And I do love it when people come back to me and say, thank you so much. You helped me make this decision or do this or do that. And that is incredibly gratifying. And it's really it's a really hard thing to give up and disappear back into the into the shadows. And I've I've thought about it, but for me, I've I've always enjoyed it. And even if I can help a dozen people, then for me, that's um, that is enough. It really is. So, as far as whether it was a conscious decision, yes, it was. When I started writing my book in two thousand, the Christmas of two thousand and sixteen, I think it was. Yeah, two thousand sixteen. I I had about 500 followers on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and LinkedIn, actually, and or maybe a bit more on LinkedIn. And I thought, if I want this book to sell more than just a copy to my mum that I give away, I need to have an audience. And the easiest way, if you if you talk to one person one-on-one, it's, uh, it's one person, maybe they'll tell another person about you. If you get up and speak, it's limited to that audience. If you get up on social media, it's there forever and you're reaching such a broader audience than you otherwise would through the other methods. So I thought, well, I'm going to give this social media thing a try. And I did. And I think I was probably at the forefront of the UK property industry for doing it. There are not too many people who, who were ahead of me on that. And so, yes, I've had a bit of a first mover advantage, but um, it just, it really worked for me. I was very quickly able to build community and build a following and my following numbers increased. I think in the first two years, they increased up to around 10, 15,000. And then that's from 2016 onwards. And then in the last two years, they've increased to about 45. Lately, they've become more stagnant, if not dropped back. And that's because I'm not pure property. And so people who are pure, pure property are going, I'm not interested in this anymore. This is all too lifestyle. So it's interesting how, as you evolve, and this is why I do say to people, and just a little uh, tangent here, perhaps when you're doing your Instagram handle, do it as your name or something that is evergreen. Because if you do evolve as a person and change into something else, you want your socials to be able to evolve with you. And it, it, they don't if you if you have something that is property, uh, unless you do want to keep that part of your life as property. So, yeah, that's that's really the reason I wanted someone other than my mum to buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> well it's you know that's always beneficial uh, and yeah as that's absolutely right you know i found that uh, when i've tried so i'm relatively quite introverted so i'm not too proficient on social media stuff like i find a podcast is sort of my way of you know my preferred way of doing things but what i have found when i've trialed it 
is the more I've been consistent with social media, I have noticed there's a positive correlation with sales. And so, yeah, there is that, there is that argument, isn't there, of if you don't like doing it, but you're gonna get the sales at the end, you know, what's more important? It's, it's interesting, it's an interesting dichotomy. It is, but it's interesting what you say, consistency, and it is consistency. And, and yeah, it's taken over four years now to build my socials. Inja's trying to be a gamer and he's trying to stream via Twitch, I think. And he said, man, I've been doing this now for four whole days and I'm not getting a following. And I said, four days is nothing. You could do this for four years. And also, why should someone watch you? And he goes, because I'm a good gamer. And I said, but they all think they're good gamers too. So what is it you're offering people that's different? And how will you inspire, educate or entertain people what about you is different and that's exactly what it is about it's offering something a bit different and it's like you with your property nomads and it it is what it says on the tin it is it's showing a different way of living and a different uh, lifestyle and that's um and and that informs inspires and educates people it's, a, it's about getting that message out there isn't it and you know um, I, I know uh, a little while ago uh, on social media came out and said you know um yeah, a few challenges over the last few months. I was like, look, I hold my hands up, you know, I'm autistic. This, you know, I've got everything, all the documents that I need, et cetera, et cetera. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting the uh, feedback that I got from various people on social media. I mean, it was actually quite incredible. Uh, people were mm -hmm. saying, coming out of the woodwork with, oh, you know, I've got a family member that's like this, or, you know, I don't think you realised how inspiring, you've probably inspired someone somewhere. And I think that was, that was quite good. You, know, you get that fuzzy feeling, you know, inside. It's very brave, though, Robert. Very brave of you to come to yeah to come out with that. Yeah, I, I just like being myself. You know, I'm very, very direct. Um, you know, anyway, this isn't about me. This is about building a brand in in general. So, so you've got various social media platforms. You know, talking LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And if you say focus on your name, uh, especially if you're going to evolve over time. So. For someone that might be listening, that might just be getting into property or getting into whatever industry, actually, it doesn't have to be property related. Why is it, from your experience, why else is it important to build a brand and what steps, if they're using social media, what steps have they got to do to try and increase following, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, why? I think the why is very personal to each person. And as we discussed earlier, for me, it was a way of building community and just yesterday, actually, I'm, I'm having a strategy session with some guys that I'm uh, I'm an advisor for for their new uh, digital media marketing company, and I, I'm just going through the process of being client. So it's a really good way of relooking at my intention. What is my intention for social media? And for me, it's about building a community and raising my profile so that when people who want to book me as a speaker or as an advisor when they look me up, they can see my profile there and, and see, oh, yeah, she she does what she says she can do. And it reaffirms who I am to those people. And that's really my, they're my main two intentions. I love building community. I love having discussions. And people forget that socials is social. It's about a two-way conversation. And it's all these people say, you've got time to read content or consume content. You've got time to make it. But don't forget, you also need to set aside time, which... I have in my diary later, I've got some time carved out to respond to the people who have engaged with me because that's just important. And 
people send me messages and think, and then when I respond, they go, wow, I can't believe you responded. But that is what I do. I respond. <laughs> and that's why I think that I've build, built this community. And, and I will always try to do that. So the why is very personal for me, building community and uh, building my profile and, and consolidating my profile as a, a person that people want to work with. Uh, so that's, that's the why. The how you go about building following is a completely different matter and it's, it is getting harder and harder. And the algorithms with all the, all the platforms uh, are getting more challenging. So Facebook I've pretty much given up on, if I'm honest. I think that you can't effectively focus on more than, I think, three platforms. So for me, I've given up on Twitter. I found Twitter to be, it's very informative and I like dipping in and out and there are about five people I like to follow on there. The rest of it is just noise. And I found that on a couple of occasions, I've come under attack on Twitter and I thought, this is not making me happy. This is making me really sad and it's impacting how I interact with my family. I just don't need it in my life. So I've given up on Twitter. Facebook, I was finding quite similar. It's, it's a place where everyone could have an opinion without any knowledge. And I found, again, that that was with your LinkedIn and with your Instagram and to a certain extent with your YouTube, mm. you can control what you're putting out there. With Facebook, it's just everyone having an opinion. And they know what, you know what they say about opinions and other and parts of people's anatomy. But um, I just, I felt that they were not uh, constructive for me. So I focused on uh, Instagram first and LinkedIn. And now going forward, I'm going to be focusing on, on YouTube uh, because I've really let it um, slip. But with the Instagram and with LinkedIn, really, it's about following people and it's about engaging with people and not just this whole follow unfollow strategy. You can do a bit of an unfollow strategy because if someone's not going to follow you after a week, they're probably either inactive on the platform and they're not going to follow you anyway because they're not interested in your content. So follow people. If they don't follow you back within a week, unfollow them, follow some more people. If they don't, if they don't follow you in a week, unfollow them, follow some more people. That is the only way. And then the people you have engage with them, build that community, get to know who they are. And yeah, just really, even when you've got 45,000 followers, just try to engage with your, your top community members because um, it's that feel good, that fuzzy feeling that you said that you get when people message you and say, hey, I really get what you're writing about right now. That resonates. Or someone, Katie, wrote to me yesterday and just said, uh, our lives are so aligned. I'm also going through this, this, this. And that's a really lovely place. And that that is community. And even though you don't know these people, you've never met these people, you really do start to get these bonds in this, this community. And that's beautiful. LinkedIn, again, it can be, it can be a really uh, interesting place. I think, um, I've got over 35,000, no, 33, 34,000 links where you're only allowed to follow 30,000. So now people have to follow me rather than um, I can't link back to them unless people drop off and they do. People all do the follow and follow. But LinkedIn's so full of adverts now it's, and people just trying to sell stuff. But I think you've got to be very clever with how you do LinkedIn uh, in order to stand out. And it seems to be the emotional posts still, but then everyone's a bit over the emotional posts, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a tough one, but again, just follow people and try and engage with them and try and build that community. And in terms of managing that, you pointed on something quite crucial is you've factored time in your diary. 
because uh, people can, well, my assumption is that people get quite overwhelmed if they've got five or six different channels to start off with and they're thinking, well, how I've got to repurpose all of this and if I haven't got someone doing it for me and it's people are going to, will probably get overwhelmed quite quickly. So time management is crucial. Is there any other ways that you found that you can effectively manage that so you keep it on top and being consistent? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's, as you say, you've got to keep on top of them. And for me, I found that I focused on one platform at a time for three months. So I pretty much let the other one sit. So when I first started, I just focused on Twitter. And all I would do was focus on posting really good Twitter content. And then when I got to a stage where I felt that I'd cracked it, I understood what was resonating with people and I'd built, uh, I got to around 12,000 followers on Twitter. I, uh, I just, I kind of let it sit there and, and just tend it. It's like a garden. You know what I mean? When you've got this, when you've got your garden and you've got to prepare all your soil and plant all your seedlings and, uh, or not your seedlings, your seeds and you let them grow to seedlings. And once they get to a certain point and you've staked them, all you need to do is go out and deadhead and trim and prune and all of these little things, fertilize water. And it's the same with your socials. You tend to it, you get it to a certain point and then you allow it just to, to grow and to tick over and then you focus on the next one so i did that i did twitter then i did uh, facebook and i did instagram and linkedin last and youtube i still haven't got to as i said i, I started on that and never really uh, focused on it uh, so yeah it's just do one at a time focus and uh, start all over with the next one and different things will work on different it doesn't work just to put one post up on Instagram and repost it to Twitter and repost it to Facebook and repost it to LinkedIn. It does need to be authentic content that's tailored specifically for that uh, platform. And the way to find out how that works uh, is trial and error, is noticing who's engaging, who's not engaging, and all, all of those sort of aspects. Is that correct? Absolutely. It is all trial and error. If someone's listening to this and they're, they're thinking, or someone might be thinking, well, that's a great idea if I just focus on Instagram for three months and then ignore all the other social media platforms. People might think that's quite dangerous. Um, what, what would you say to that if people were thinking that? Yeah, I don't think you should ignore, but um, if you're first starting out, just focus on one. If you've already got a little bit of a following, rather than ignore, just do two posts a week on the other ones while you focus every single day on the one that you want to be in. Uh, and all the one that you're focusing on at that point of time. And when I say focus on it, I don't mean just post. It's not about posting every day. It's it's doing your following. It's doing your unfollowing. It's doing your communicating and engaging with people. And if you want to be a podcast get on other people's podcasts, for example, and this is not something I've done, but it's probably a good idea. Just go and find every podcast here in the UK, in Australia, and any other English speaking country. And follow them, comment on them and start building rapport with them. And then they'll look back at you and invite you in, or you can be more active and say, Hey, I'd really like to be a guest in your podcast. I really like what you're doing there. And that again, will allow you to build that rapport and build that community. And, and, uh, people who've met you don't often unfollow you, or even if they've met you online, <laughs> they tend to feel that, that affinity with you and, and want to keep that connection. And as you said, that comes back down to the why, because I remember you know, in terms of how this interview came about, it's very simple. It's a Facebook message. Uh, and that was on the back of hearing you on, I think it was Inside Property Investing Podcast, I think. A while yeah, Mike and Victoria. Yeah, and that was on yeah. the back of that and thinking, oh, you know, that was an awesome show. Enjoyed listening to that. It'd be great to get Nicole on the Property Nomads Podcast. And it was a very simple 
uh, Facebook message and that that was it and that you know that's superb so if you have that why and know why you're working on a particular platform then that will make things a bit easier over time as well yeah no absolutely just it's all about why your intention if do you manage all your own social media or do you have uh, other people that are creating content in the background or is it all you everything is all you yes so it is all me and it has been since the lovely polar uh, left to move to Greece and find love and have a baby in uh, January 2019. She left. Uh, my goodness, I miss her. She was amazing. Uh, so she, uh, so she helped me out with my socials uh, until January last year. Now I'm on my own, which is probably why it's been quite haphazard over the last uh, since January. So as I said, I'm working with these three amazing guys at 3HB Media and. I'll be an advisor to them and work with them on, on putting together the offering. And they're going to be assisting me with my socials going forward. And it's I'm really looking forward to having a team and a sounding board and, and someone helping me with all the fiddly little bits as well. Because you know what it's like doing your own podcast and putting everything out there. It takes time. Yeah, it, it does. And I think knowing your skill sets is important as well. You know, I'm, I'm a keen writer. I enjoy speaking, as you can tell. I enjoy listening. In terms of, and again, I'll hold my hands up to this. In terms of marketing and sales, I am horrific, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> horrific. Um, you know, I don't overly play on the sort of emotional side of sales a lot because that's probably part part with sort of being on the spectrum. Is very well. There's a product. If you want it, there it is. You know, help yourself. If you don't want it, not a problem. Mm. It's there to add value. Maybe that's my approach. I need to change. Um, so I need to get someone with that skill set who's better at development. No. I don't know. No, not at all. I think everyone sees through these emotional upsells and they drive me mad. And one of the projects that I have been working on over lockdown is signing up to just about every free uh, course offering, ebook offering that I, that I was advertised on Instagram and uh, mainly Instagram actually, signing up to them and just watching what the upsell was. And occasionally I'd spend 30 uh maybe, I don't know, 100 or 97 pounds, sorry, 97, 29, 99 or 97 pounds and get the upsell and see what it was like, only very rarely. And it's, it's not a good place, that upsell. And I don't ever do the upsell. I've never done the emotional upsell. I am very black and white as a person like you. Um, and I, I, it's, it is just, this is it. If you want it, it's there. If it's not your cup of tea, then thank you, but no thank you, just walk on by. So I don't think that you need to do that emotional upsell and that marketing. I think people can see right through it. And it puts you in a group with one of those people where I think being true and authentic to yourself is to be true and authentic to yourself. And if you are straight talking, black and white, this is where it is, then be that way. <laughs> that would be my, that's how I do things anyway. And that, to an extent, will set set you and set us amongst uh, or set us out from the crowd anyway, as you say, because a lot of it is, you know, you know where, as you say, once you've sat through one or two, you, you know what's coming. So I suppose that helps as well. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Everyone's got their own way of doing things. And I suppose I've always said that there's no there's no right or wrong. As long as you do everything ethically and legally, there's really no right or wrong in, in property or any business that you're in as long as you're doing it ethically and legally um, everyone's going to do it their own way and if they get to the results that they want then fair enough that's right yeah they're, they're clear about their intention and they get there and 
it's each their own. I'm not going to judge people who do do the heavy marketing or the upsells. That's their that's the way they've decided to do it, and that's what potentially works for them. But it doesn't work for me, and I would not. When you've got nothing to sell, there's no disappointment, is there? Because people are people are if they're consuming your content for free, and they say, "Oh, this is rubbish." Uh, they're usually not motivated to leave a negative review because unless they really have a, a, an issue with you as a person because they've got it for free anyway. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I'm probably not articulating myself very well, but I just like giving away. I don't, whether someone buys my book and I get £3.50 or whatever it is, it's not going to make a difference to my life. And the commission checks I've had for my book have been minuscule, even when it was a number one bestseller. You do not make money writing books. It's it's nice to have that book out there and that book solidifies my position as perhaps an authority in this area so people are more likely to work with me, which then does make me money. But the book and however many people buy that book is not going to make me money. People contacting me here and saying, I want to, can I have mentoring with you? Can I have this? It's not worth my time because it's so much, uh, it, it takes so much time and it's not going to make me uh it's not going to impact my life financially. So um, I'm, I'm better just not even doing it <laughs> and leaving it for other people to do and just having the opportunity to impass my experience on for free to people who, who want to consume that information. And the people who don't, they don't. That's a very good point. It's a, it's a very good point. Uh, I just had a thought about uh, content creation. Uh, if you do you put time in your diary to think of content to write and how do you go through that process because if if we're saying that you're building a brand and you know you should be focusing on one platform but you should be posting every day what if that doesn't work for some people what if they can only do two or three times a week how do they do that but then also what's the thought process behind the content and how do you go through that yeah it's i've been very lax lately and I've really only been focusing on Instagram even my LinkedIn's pretty poor at the moment only when I'm uh, pushing out a, a podcast and even then I haven't recorded one in ages but um, with Instagram uh, I, I do set aside time every week I try every week to set aside time because I've also got my sailing channel sailing savvy which I'm working on as well and that's more exciting than my own personal channels at the moment. So, um, so I do set aside time every week and I use an app called later or it's a, a website at later.com. And I think they're excellent as far as scheduling Instagram posts. They do Instagram, they do all of them, I think, but I only use them for Instagram. And it's a really good way of visually organizing my posts so that they look nice. And I have played around a little bit with the visuals of my Instagram and how my, how those tiles look on a, on a, snapshot when people look at my whole Instagram rather than just looking at post by post. And so it's a really good way of organizing it like that. And then it allows you to write a lovely, deep and meaningful, if you want uh, post or not, and just really organize it. So at the beginning of every week, usually on a Monday, today, it's going to be today, Tuesday, I will be, uh, I'll organize my socials for the week for both channels, uh, for myself and for Sailing Savvy and just get all my posts ready. There might be a time though when something just pops up and, and I can very easily go onto my phone or go onto my laptop and just change the order of the apps and, or sorry, the posts and post something that's more pertinent based on something that's occurred. I think during lockdown, 
it's been even harder to create uh, engaging content. And I've had to dig back through the archives for photos and things. And and uh, because we're just not doing that many exciting things, especially in the beginning, there was nothing exciting going on. It was just, right, we're getting through a day, we're opening a bottle of wine. <laughs> Whereas uh, now there's some more exciting things going on. And especially with the sailing, there's a lot of exciting things going on in the background there. So uh, we... Uh, yeah, it's 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 getting more exciting. But later, have a look at later. There's also Hootsuite. There are plenty of other organizers that will do those. But it, I do think having not used a scheduling system and now using a scheduling system, it's infinitely better using one because you can just get so much more organized and typing onto your laptop rather than into your phone is just such a better way of of doing your socials yeah i found that with uh, uh writing newsletters uh, as well um using mailchimp and you know the minute you pay for their sort of basic program where it's about 10 pound a month or whatever it is and yeah just that just that scheduling factor so i know that half seven every monday for the network well, certainly for the next five or six weeks the all the content for the newsletter is just is sat there ready to go don't have to think about it i've done it once and it is, you know, it is what it is, which is great. That's so organised. Five to six weeks out, that is really impressive. It's, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those... It's one of those it's, do you want to do mine? Yeah, hey, absolutely. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Uh, we can speak about that off, off camera. Done. Yeah, yeah happy exactly. to do But I'm one of those people that once I get into writing mode, then that's it. I'm so, I'm so involved in doing it. And I'll just... Um, I'm quite lucky. I write as I speak, which is advantageous but also disadvantageous because when I read it back or when you know bless my editor when she reads it back she's just like you know it's, it's crazy but writing it down is actually quite straightforward for me because it's I'll just talk as I go along and then I'll sort of mess mm. around with it at the end um but yeah yeah I'll write yours if you want now that's fine team up and do that sounds like a great sure, JV done. <laughs> exactly but, so we've got some great yeah. advice there so You've got multiple channels that you've got, but you're saying, if you, again, if you're starting, focus on, you know, possibly focus on one, get everything set up, but focus mainly on one, do it every day. Uh, you've got later Hootsuite to organise your posts, which is fantastic, and a lot of trial and error to find out who's responding, who's not responding. Any other sort of golden nuggets of information that will help the audience, people listening? Yeah, I think it's really important to find your own true voice. And we were, we talked about this just now on the, the marketing, whether you are incredibly marketing-y in, marketing in your speech or whether you're not. Uh, it's just about, okay, who am I and what do I want people to, how do I want people to perceive me? And I think this is really interesting because the person that you put out is not necessarily you. And the person that you that people perceive you as is not the same as the person that people perceive you as in your home or with your friends. So it's just, it's a really interesting exercise to think, okay, so who do I want to be online? And initially for me, I was incredibly shy, incredibly introverted, always sat at the back of the room, didn't want to be noticed. And online, I was able to almost fake it until I made it because I was able to come out of myself and become a, a, I talk about it as in I was all greys and beiges and all of a sudden became colourful or uh, I, I came out of myself. And by allowing myself to come out of myself and be a bit more bold online, it allowed me, it emboldened me in real life as well. 
And that for me was really, really useful because I was um, quite shy, very, very shy. And Daniel Priestley always says, wow, it's it's such a change the way that you have uh, grown as a person. So have a think about being your true authentic self, but that might not be the person that you are. It might be the person that you know you want to be, if that makes sense. And uh, being online will give you the opportunity to grow into that person. Perfect. I know no other word for that. That's that's great advice, and that's um, certainly something to think about. I think not for you know for everyone that's listening, even if you're, you've got a brand already. I think that's quite important. Um, yeah, caught me completely off guard. I was thinking about uh, things like <laughs> uh, you wrote your first book, so bricking it from stay-at-home mum to millions in property, and you've just touched upon that. You know, the book sales aren't going to. You're not going to finance your life by book sales and you know that's perfectly understandable but you're writing a second book so is that to cement your position or is there another underlying reason why you're writing that second book at the moment yeah so i'm writing two second books so i'm writing one on social media called prolific not perfect and it's uh, it is just all these tips that we've spoken about now just how to build your profile online and and why and uh, and specifically related to property so that is it's it's just it's finished pretty much and then uh gary vaynerchuk two years ago published his book on the exactly the same thing and i i saw his book and just went oh no (laughs) but then afterwards i read his book and thought once i've read a book on a on a subject i want to read more on the same subject so i thought no just go ahead with your book because hopefully people read gary's and then go i want to read more especially relating to property and they'll um look up mine as well and then life got in the way, as I said, went through divorce uh, and all these other things happened. So I haven't published that book. But the reason I wanted to publish that book particularly is because I felt like I had information that would be useful for people. And especially you're asking me these questions. This is what people find interesting. And, and as I said, apart from some of the TV personalities, I don't think there's anyone else who's built quite the following I have. There, there's a really great, um, I think Tyron Ash, she's an estate agent. He's built quite a big following recently too. But not too many people in this space so um yeah people i think can learn from my experiences in that the second book i'm i'm writing is called how to lose millions in property and it's kind of a sequel to bricking it and it's the next that was the first sort of the first part of my life and this one is now the second because quite honestly i've been through some pretty tough times professionally as well as personally over the last few years and I sort of alluded to that earlier in the podcast things haven't gone to plan in the property uh, not just because of the property market just because of um, mistakes have been made and I while I can't go into too much about that right now due to various confidentiality issues what I will say is that mistakes have been made and I want to make sure that people can learn from those experiences so that they first don't make the mistakes I made but also don't get uh drawn into the mistakes of others and the, the and just I the, quite frankly is I don't wish my experience on anyone at all and so by sharing that story I'm hoping that people can learn and when I when I put out some posts on social media and asked for people's experiences along the lines of my own so many people came forward and just and then a lot of other people came forward and said, I've had this experience, but I don't want to go public with it. Can can you do it, please? So that it helps others because they also didn't wish this experience on anyone. So I will I will write that book as well. I keep starting it and then stopping it because 
I don't feel that the story's unfolded yet. I feel that there's more to come. And so I'm writing it and then stopping, waiting to see how the story unfolds and then picking it up again. But yeah, there are definitely two other books that I feel uh, have a place out there. And hopefully people can learn from those. I'm sure they will. I think, in, you know, as you mentioned before, it's ups and downs, ups and downs. And that's, well, that's life and that's property. You know, if, if anyone ever comes in and says, oh, I've had a 100% success rate and, you know, nothing's ever gone wrong, then you're talking BS. Straight up, you're talking BS. Absolutely. So, and it's almost like we're very sadistic, I think, possibly as, as a population or as a people because we love hearing the bad stuff. You know, the, the good stuff is good stuff. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Look at Daily Mail. Yeah. The Daily Fail feeds on people's mm. need to suck the blood and chew off. Yeah, just, uh, it's it's awful. I, I find it awful. And I was talking to Michael Hammonds. He's a friend of mine from Property TV uh, a couple of months ago. And he just said to me, he's deleted every news app off his phone and he feels so much better. And I thought, yeah, I, I think that I will be better if I delete these. Why am I allowing this horrible tabloid news and these horrible attitudes of people into my life and into my psyche and my subconscious i deleted the app and i just feel so much better because that's not the person i want to be and i don't i don't want to judge others and i want to appreciate that there are three sides to every story and if you're ever in doubt about something that you've heard ring the person get their side of the story don't form judgment yeah assumptions make an ass out of you and me so so mm -hmm. so Absolutely. true well that's good to know and there's you know it's very honest and that's you know what's what we love on this podcast and same you know same with rebound from setback as well it's first very honest open conversational podcast so i'd urge people to go and check that out as well 100 percent um nicole any any parting words of wisdom uh, to share with the audience uh yeah I, i'd say prolific not perfect when it comes to social media and breeding and and uh and building a brand don't get your don't let your want of perfectionism or your desire to be perfect get in the way of just getting it out there and you will learn by your mistakes and it's all trial and error error all of those all of those cliches that we we know it really is all of that so just get out there and just do it doesn't matter what it is just do it perfect stuff and so there's a really good video that i suggest everyone go and watch go and look up Art Williams, Just Do It speech on YouTube. It's from the 80s and it is very 80s, but it's my friend Ray Youngman sent me through a video compilation and it had that one in it and it just resonated. Every single time I'm feeling like I can't do something, I hear Art's voice in my head just going, just do it in this really Southern accent. And it has really it's worked for me and I hope that it works for others as well. We'll put a link uh, to, we'll put a linker, I'll get my words out properly. We'll put a link to that in the show <laughs> notes. And uh, finally, if people want to get hold of you, get in touch with you, how do people do that? Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, they're probably the best ways, or I've got a website, nicolebremner.com. Uh, so either of those ways works for me. Perfect. And again, we'll, links to those will be in the show notes. Well, uh, Nicole, uh, thanks very much for sharing about how to build a brand and uh, I'll say the best of luck with uh, the next couple of books you've got coming out as well. Thank you very much for having me, Robert. Appreciate it.